it been since you talked with the Lord and told him your heart's hidden secrets? How long since you prayed? How long since you stayed? On your knees till the light shone through. How long has it been since your mind felt at ease? How long since your heart had no burden? you call him your friend? How long has it been since you knew that he cared for you? it been since you knelt by your bed and prayed to the Lord up in heaven? How long since you knew that he'd answer you? And would keep you the long night through. How long has it been since you walk with the dawn? How long since you felt life's worth living can you call him your friend how long has it been since you knew that he cared for you can you call him your friend it's just how long has it been since you knew that he cared for you Scout, and my mo the motto was be prepared. So I'm ready in case the lights go out again, right? Uh, it just reminded me. I mean, we used these in uh, Zimbabwe when I was there a couple of, back in 2019 because there was no electricity, none, zero. Okay, it's not they couldn't pay the bill, but if they had it, they couldn't pay the bill anyway. But it's there was no electricity. So we had church in total darkness. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they do, because they're sleeping through it. But anyway, so we, we would use these, you know. So there we are out, out in the bush, out in Zimbabwe, no electricity, which is great at night because you can see all the stars. It is just absolutely gorgeous. And I looked up one night, and uh, there was a, looked like a star, but it was moving pretty quick. So it wasn't a star. It had to be a satellite or something. And it's going across. And then we saw another one on the same path, going the, going the same speed. So they're following, it was following the first one. And then we saw five more. 
and they're all going the same direction, same speed, same space apart. And uh, but it's because there was no light. There was no. It was all. It was all darkness. So we had these things on, which was great because. But every now and then you had to turn it on to see what's around you on the ground. Okay, because there were there were black scorpions, there were white scorpions, uh, there were the frogs with the poisonous stuff on the skin. Um, there are lizards. There are green mamba snakes um, and other things. So you had to keep. You had to every now and then turn it on. Problem is, at nighttime, out in the country, you turn on a light for a while, and you get a thousand bugs around your face. And it's like, <laughs> and this one guy, uh, he thought he'd be real smart, one of the guys that was preaching. He had on a red light, you know, one of the red light kind of thing. And uh, he turned his red light on to help him, see, you know, read the Bible and everything. His Bible, there, it was a red letter edition Bible. So there he is, he's preaching like one of his first messages, and he turned on his red light, and he looked down, and the red letters disappeared. So <laughs> he said, what do I do? <laughs> anyway, so another guy had one on, and um, he's preaching, and he stops. He's, he's coming back towards the pulpit that we made for that church. We put up a building for them, which consisted of poles and a roof. That's all it was dirt floor and we had enough wood for some benches and a pulpit but he's coming back towards it and he stopped in mid in mid step and he said oh my goodness I've never seen a spider that big in my life and uh, they're, they're bigger than your hand okay they're called baboon spiders and uh, so one night around the camp um, it, was, it hadn't been after church or just before I'm not sure it was it was kind of dusk well, it was before the service and uh, I'm sitting in my chair around the campfire, and all of a sudden I see something moving towards me. Well, you better check out what's coming towards you, okay? So a great big old baboon spider was coming right at me. I lifted my foot and just stomped him. Boom. You know, I killed that boy. The thing is, his body was about that big. And, you know, I've stepped on spiders before, and you get that little bit of a juice on the bottom of your chair. Well, this time I stepped on that spider thermon, and I mean, my foot went kind of kind of slid around. <laughs> I just thought you needed to know that. Yeah. Who wants to travel with me? Come on, man. It's fun. Well, I brought I brought four of these with me tonight. Um, it's the book I wrote on the Bible, and the title of it is What Marvel M A R V E L What Marvel, and uh, it looks like What Marble, you know shoot marbles and the guy said what does marbles have to do with the bible <laughs> it's not what it is it's the old um english uh, v letter v like in victor and i do have a few ink pens left if you if you're interested in those that i sell and all of that i know i got on some controversial subjects this morning and uh but people need to hear these things truth is always truth I mentioned this morning that I would answer the question. He asked the question the other night, when is truth not truth? And so I'm going to preach on that tonight. And uh, actually the title of my message is the same interpretation. This morning we, had, we saw we have to have the same word, okay? Because the word of God is good for all nations, all peoples, all classes of people, all races of people. It's all the same. Everybody gets saved the same way. There's, there's not one way for Americans and another way for uh, people in Uganda or, or wherever. And uh, so anyway, but I do ask that you pray for me. I've got uh, my next trip is coming up just here in a couple of weeks. Um, I'll be flying at about 6 o'clock in the afternoon, be flying from Dallas to, um, to Atlanta. And, uh, but before I fly out of Dallas, i got to stop at Bucky's. And if you never know what Bucky's is, you got to find out. Man, oh man! And uh, so stop at Bucky's, okay? Now the interesting thing you're gonna you're gonna find this interesting. There I was last year in in Uganda, okay? This is in Africa, right? Over in Uganda, and we're at a little shopping center there. Myself and the missionary and the two men that went with me and some other people. And one of the guys came running up and was laughing. And you know what's funny? 
And he said, that car over there, now this is in Uganda, Africa. He said, that car over there has a Bucky's bumper sticker on it. <laughs> Imagine that. I mean, it, it's crazy. And, uh, but anyway, so I fly from uh, Dallas to Atlanta and have about an hour and a half layover. Then I fly from there to Amsterdam where I have a 22-hour layover. Uh, but don't, don't feel bad for me. I've got a room waiting for me. I get there around 1 o'clock in the afternoon, and I'm just going to go there and crash and sleep. And because uh, you don't want to walk around in Amsterdam um, you know, for many, many reasons. I won't get into that. Um, but then uh, the next morning I'll get up and my plane leaves for Rwanda uh, about 11 o'clock or so on the next day. And uh, so I'll fly from there to Rwanda, which is about a nine-hour flight. I get to fly over uh, the Swiss Alps again. I get to fly over the Sahara Desert again and uh, over much of Africa get down to Rwanda, and it's about 10.30 at night when we get down there. So um, it's a long flight, and so we I land at Rwanda there at um, Kigali, and I stay on the plane because, you know, I got, I got to take that plane back up to Entebbe, uh, where we're landed in Entebbe about midnight. Then I got to go through customs. I got to exchange my money from American to uh, Uganda money. And uh, which is a scary prospect because uh, there you are, you know, one o'clock in the morning and a bunch of people walking around that you don't know and they see you exchanging money. And but the missionary is going to meet me there and he's going to take us. I've already got a room waiting for me. Uh, in, it's called the Canary Hotel. It's luxurious. It's just luxurious. And uh, costs 60 bucks. <laughs> and so it's luxurious. Very, very nice. And uh, then we get up the next morning and travel from there to out in uh, go, going east towards Kenya and uh, to a village called Kaliro. And I'll be teaching there uh, on that Tuesday and Thursday. And then interesting thing, there will be a wedding on Saturday. And the wedding is a result of what I taught last September in Uganda. Okay, The uh, missionary he gave me and the other two men gave us each a chapter. And my, uh, what I, where I taught from was 1 Corinthians chapter number 5, and it's all about fornication. The hot diggity dog, you know, that was my topic. And uh, the, after I got done teaching about that, from that whole chapter, expositorily all the way through, uh, the missionary gets up and stands up, and I'll get in the message here in a second. He said, I'm under conviction. And I thought, oh my goodness. I've been teaching about fornication, and he's under conviction. Ay, 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 what, what are we facing here? And uh, so we, so he explained it. He said, some of you men, and they're national pastors there. That's who we're teaching, okay? He said, he, he wrote on the board the, the word in Uganda for woman, and then next to that he wrote the word for wife in their language. He said, some of you, are living with a woman, but she is not your wife. Talking to pastors, the process is complicated for the men. Okay, It costs a lot for the man, not for the lady, but for the man. Step number one, dad, what do you, I want to marry your daughter. What do you want me to give you? He could say money. He could say five cattle. He could say ten goats. He could say whatever. There's no limit. It all depends on how much he values his daughter. <laughs> so if he says one pig, <laughs> isn't that something? Anyway, I just thought I'd throw that in. Uh, but And so that's the first part. When he pays that, they have a get-together with the whole family, his whole family and her whole family, and he has to pay for all the food. These people are poor, okay? So many times he'll, he'll give whatever they request, but then he doesn't have money to pay for the meal for everybody. So they just start, kind of start living together and have children and whatever. So anyway, so the third part is the actual wedding, and the man is responsible for, the, for, the fi for all the finances for the wedding, including the meal after the wedding for everybody. And so they don't have the money. 
And so, but, but he, so the, the missionary got up and said, well, he said, I'm under conviction. Some of you are living with a woman who is not your wife. And uh, you have until the first of this year, this was September, he said, you have till January to, to fix this problem. So five of them, five of those men got together immediately and said, to, they started talking within, the, within themselves. And they said to themselves, well, let's finish this thing. It's, it's the right thing to do because we're pastors, and for crying out loud. How can we, you know, uh, counsel people about their marriages and everything if we're not even married? And so he gave, him, he gave him that space of time. He said, but if you don't take care of it, you will not be allowed to come back for the teaching. Okay. Well, I was told a few weeks ago that three of those men are going to get married on that Saturday that we're there. And so I, I don't know what happened to the other two. Maybe they still can't afford it or whatever. And then I heard like a day or two ago, two of the couples cannot do it. They're going to wait till December is going to go ahead and get married. So I have kind of a, a pastor, Pastor Manning, I told this story and he said, how can we help? So I got in touch with the missionary and we're going to see if we can get that other, those two other couples to come on, okay? Let's take care of this thing. And it's all because of the teaching provided. <laughs> truth is always truth. No matter who, no matter who, okay? Truth is always truth. And I was thinking today, there's no such thing as a transgender. There's no such thing as a transgender. It's impossible. Impossible. I don't care. I don't care what what operations a person has. I don't. I don't. I don't care if you glue things to your body. If you're born a, a male, regardless of what you do, you are still a male. No such thing. No such thing as transgender. It's impossible. I could put on a. It, it, it basically all it is is putting on a, a different costume. Okay. I can put on a horse costume and say that I'm a horse, but I'm still a man. Still a human being. And uh, so you pray. You pray for these people that are being these kids, especially that are being taught this stuff. It's, it's, this is what I think it is, and I'll get to the message. It's nothing but a fad. A wicked fad, but it's a fad. Our churches are falling to too many fads. There's a fad out there among even independent fundamental Baptists that you've that you got to have blue lights. Why make it dark? And, and then fads among preachers that you just wear blue jeans and a pullover shirt to preach in. Well, I, I made mention one time on Facebook. I'm one of these wicked people that does social media. I, I got on Facebook and I found a picture of the, of the high priest and what he wore into the Holy of Holies. And I said, I cannot imagine the high priest going into the Holy of Holies in blue jeans and a pullover shirt. If he did, he would die. Well, that's a, that's a dress standard. And I got ridiculed for that. Well, that's Old Testament. Okay, whatever. Truth is always truth. Truth is always truth. The people out there need to see a difference in here. There needs, they need to see a difference. If they don't see a difference, then they're not going to, like, 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 like I was. They're going to be like I was. Well, there's no difference there. Why go to church? There's no difference. There's no difference between them and me. You see, you see what I'm saying? So we need to make a difference. But anyway, Isaiah, <laughs> that's all free. <laughs> Isaiah chapter 5, verse number 20. And I didn't do this this morning, but I'm going to do this tonight because they did it in the Old Testament. When they read the scriptures, they stood. And we're only going to read one verse, so you won't have to stand long, okay? And I promise I won't be like Brother Johnson who, who gets halfway through his message while you're still standing. <laughs> Hi, Brother Johnson. How you doing? But anyway, but let's stand and, and we'll read Isaiah chapter 5, verse number 20. And would you read it with me out loud, Okay. 
If you have your King James Bible, read it with me out loud. I'll say ready, and then we'll start reading. Isaiah 5, verse number 20. Ready? Woe unto them that call evil good, and good evil, and put darkness for light, and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet, and sweet for bitter. Now, Father, thank you for the day. Thank you for these good people, their patience with me this morning. And I pray, Father, that um, many times the truth hurts. Many times it's controversial, but it's truth. And the Word of God is the Word of God. And so, Father, I just pray that you speak to hearts tonight in this time. Thank you for loving us, and I just ask that you would just help me now tonight. And again, thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Go ahead and be seated. Um, you can't you can't change truth. You can't you can't change truth. Okay, you, you just can't. Um, I, you know I've got three pages of notes here, and we're going to turn to some verses and what have you. Um, but you cannot you cannot change truth. Truth is always truth. When is truth not truth? Truth is always truth. It's always truth. I, I you know I don't care what your opinion is. I don't care what they say on social media. I, I don't care who your favorite television or internet preacher is. Truth is always truth. You cannot, you cannot, you cannot change truth. You can disagree with it. You can have your opinion about it. Uh, but again, the Bible talks about how that, you know, every man did that which was right in their own eyes. Part of the problem on social media is everybody is getting used to arguing with everybody. One guy told me, brother, he said, well, you have your opinion about this and I have my opinion about this. Okay. Well, there's a problem with that. I see three problems with that. When you have two different opinions, there's three problems. Either he's right and you're wrong, or you're right and he's wrong, or you're both wrong. I'm not interested in your opinion. I don't care about your opinion. You should not care about my opinion. Okay? What, what, true, because truth is always truth. I, I don't care who tries to cover it up. I don't, try, I don't care who tries to sugarcoat it. I, I don't care. It doesn't matter. Truth is always truth. And so there we see, we see this verse, Woe unto them that call evil good, and good, evil. Now that's their opinion. Well, that, my opinion is what you might call evil, I call good. Well, it can't be both. It can't be. It's either evil or it's good. It cannot be both. So our opinions really don't matter. Our opinions need to uh, agree with what the scriptures tell us. Now you say, well, brother man, that's, that's kind of being narrow-minded. Well, thank you very much. Narrow is the way that leads to life, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. So I'd much rather be on the narrow way. Okay? And so, I mean, some of, the, some of the things I mentioned this morning, which I'm going to probably re-mention again tonight, it goes against the norm out there. The Word of God goes against what the world believes and what the world teaches. Okay? It goes against that. That's one reason, Brother Bell, I believe that when Jesus said, I bring a sword in, into your life, that it, and, and it'll, it'll divide you from people that even you love, it's because they're going, somebody's going to hear the truth and they're going to either receive it or they're going to reject it. And those people that reject the truth, what, do, what can they go to? The Bible talks about people that... that uh, I can't remember exactly where it is. First, Second Timothy, somewhere in there, and it, it talks about evil men. I'm sorry, evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. And another verse close to that verse tells how men will have itching ears and all this kind of thing, and they'll get teachers to themselves that they want to hear. Okay, I don't want to hear this person because he's saying this. I want to hear this person because I agree with him. Okay. But it, it talks about how people will turn from, from truth to fables. 
They'll turn from what is truth and they'll turn towards fables. Fables are things that are not real. Things, fables are things that are not true. And so they'll believe that if you drive your big SUV too many times, you're going to burn the earth up because of all the smog that you put out in, out in, the, out in the world. It's been proven, I just saw just a little while ago, it's been proven that the temperature has not gone up. The average temperature has gone down. There, it, it's a cycle. It's a It goes up, it goes down. Okay, And the median, you know, for, for the past uh, about, fi about eight years, I think it was, I saw the charts, the median or the average temperature has gone down. It's not gone up. So John Kerry, he goes around the world saying, oh, we got to be part of this uh, global initiative. We got to be a part of this, uh, uh, the um, global warming thing and, and, and climate change is happening. And, and, uh, and, you know, what's his name? Al Gore 20 years ago that said we'd all be dead by this time. Well, we're still here. I know there is going to come a time when the world is going to burn up. The Bible talks about it, and it's, and it's not because of emissions. God's going to come back, and he's going to purify the whole earth with the fire. Everything that you see is going to be burned up. The elements will be burned up, and they will melt. That's what the Bible says. So do I believe in, this, in this, all this stuff that's going on with the climate change? No. No, because I'm, I'm, I'm zeroing in on truth. I'm not zeroing in on, on fables. Are you with me? And so, you know, they come up with this critical race theory, you know, and trying to divide us again. Well, I thank God I'm standing in a church, and I, and I see every kind. I see Asians. I see white people. I see African Americans. I see normal people, and I see some, uh, some that are not normal. And a person comes in here and they're thinking, this church ain't normal, you know, because you have fun, you know, and you, and you cut up and you have fun. I mean, I was watching the, the visitors' faces and they're sitting there saying, what in the world is going on? <laughs> what, am I, what am I involved in tonight? By the way, Thurman is from Hilliard. Yeah, we grew up in Hilliard, man. Yeah, go Wildcats, but anyway. That was, there was, I told him, I said, there was only one high school when we were there, and it was the Hilliard Wildcat, Wildcats. You know, now they got like three or four because of population and all this kind of stuff, and they make football teams and all that thing. But anyway, so my alma mater. Yeah, there we go. But you, you come in, and they're laughing, and they're cutting up, and they're screaming, and they're hollering. This church ain't normal. But this is the way it ought to be. everybody. I don't care. I mean, you would you would go. You need to go to Pakistan. You would you. Would. Where's where's the piano? Where's the guy? The piano player? Where'd he go? Where'd he go? Where'd he go? Huh? Is he Hispanic? He he needs to go too. I mean, he's got the black beard and everything. Did you hear about the people getting blown up in Pakistan today? You may, maybe you need to reconsider that trip. But anyway, I know. I understand. It's in the news. Go check it out yourself. But anyway, um, yeah, well, there's been some army uh, activity in Uganda, but I'm still going. So if I die over there, I, I told my wife, if I die in Uganda, just leave me there. Yeah. <laughs> it's too expensive. Yeah. Exactly right. And I told her, I said, you know, it would be tens of thousands of dollars to ship my body back over here. And when my body got back over here, you'd open it up and say, ooh, he stinketh. <laughs> you know? And I said, if you, if you don't do that, if you want to still bring me back, she said, well, the kids will want to see you one more time. Put a picture up there. It's funny, you go past the coffin and it says, oh, he looks so good. No, he looks dead. <laughs> He's a white guy who looks whiter now than he never looked in his life. You know, and I told her, and, and, I, and we're not, I'm not promoting this kind of thing, but, well, I guess I am, but <laughs> I, 
I said, okay, if you want to bring me back, just, just have them cremate me over there. Bring me back in a little box, you know, put it in a UPS thing and ship it home. I mean, <laughs> FedEx or something, I don't know. Save her on the airfare. Man, you know, pay 50 uh, No. Uh, uh, okay, I sent one Bible over there. It costs 200 bucks. Aren't I worth that? <laughs> I don't know. It has nothing to do with them. <laughs> well, let me think about it. Yeah. But if I die over there, so what? I don't care. I mean, I'd like to come home, see everybody again. You know, when I when my dad died, <clears throat> he was a jokester. I mean, he I listened for I listened to stories for two three hours, standing in front of his casket. People kept coming up. He did this to me, and he pulled this joke on me, and he told this joke, and he did this, and he was just a jokester. Just a lot, lot had a lot of fun. And so I preached his funeral message, and I get up, and, and guess when we're burying my dad? April first. <laughs> Perfect timing. So I get up, Thurman, and I'm standing there, and I'm, you know, I'm mourning because my dad's dead, and he's laying in the coffin and everything. And I said, you know, my, it, it's ironic that we're burying my dad on April 1st, and everybody started laughing because that was just dad. My dad played uh, April Fool's jokes on my mom every year. She was so gullible. <laughs> she. He'd, he'd, do, he'd, get, he'd get her somehow or other. He'd come up with a new joke every time, and it was hilarious. And so I'm standing there, and I said, you know, it's ironic that we're burying my dad on April 1st, and everybody laughing. I'll wait till they get done. And I said, I, I, I really expect him to sit up and say April Fool's. So I went like this. He didn't move. <laughs> But death is around the corner. I mean, you know, every time a friend of mine dies, all the, all the men that died at Longview recently out of our church, I'm thinking, okay, how, how, how much closer am I, am I to the front, line, front of that line? You know, okay, am I three men back? Am I, am I the first guy? I mean, am I next? I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. But one thing while, that I'm going to do while I'm still alive, I am not going to turn from truth to fables. When this changes, I will change. But it ain't changing. God's the same yesterday and today and forevermore. He said, I, ch I change not. So he's not going to change. You know, God knows what century this is. And the things that he wrote, you know, 2,000 years ago and 3,000 years ago and 4,000 years ago, he still believes that today. Truth does not change. Aristotle gave a de definition of truth this way. He said, to say of what is that it is not, or of what is not that it is, is false. While to say of what is that it is, and what is not that it is not, is true. Truth never changes. You can't look at something that is not and say that is. You can't look at something that is and say that is not. This is a microphone. I don't care what your opinion is of it. I don't care what you think. You could stand there and say, no, that's a washing machine. Well, try to put your clothes in it, dummy. That's a microphone. It has a wire. It hooks into the little thing that I stepped on over here this morning. And it's got a microphone stand. And it's got a PA system. And it's got all, uh, okay. That is a microphone. You cannot say that is not a microphone. You cannot say that this is a clown's nose. It looks like a clown's nose, but it's not. That's there to mute, not, not mute it, but to get the out of it so you don't have that popping sound. I mean, there's, there's a purpose for it. There are the speakers. There, that's a piano. This is a pulpit. Uh, those are trees. I always have a problem with trees like this. I do. I have a problem with trees like this. When I was pastor up here, we had our, we had our Christian school, and somebody brought in a nice-looking tree. School goes on, you know, well, it's, it's the last day of school, and, and all the kids leave finally. I had freedom for a few months. But there was this tree standing, standing in, the, in the school building, a part of our, a part of our 
church, and I said, well, somebody needs to take care of that tree. It's going to be totally ignored. So I picked it up, took it to my office. I got a watering can. I watered it. A few days later, I thought to myself, you know, that tree, it hasn't been outside. It hasn't had any sun in a while. So I took that tree, and I set it outside out the front of the building. I went and got my wife. And, we, and I picked her up, and we went back by the church building, Brother Carson's, and my wife saw that tree sitting out there, and she said, what's the tree doing out there? I said, well, I figured it needed some sun. I've been watering it and taking care of it. She looks at me, she said, it's not real. <laughs> Does it need water? stepped on it again. <laughs> truth is always truth. In Galatians, Paul said this under inspiration. He said, he said, you did run well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? He said, this persuasion cometh not of him that calleth you, talking about God. And then he said, a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. So there I am in Zimbabwe, 2019, hadn't rained much. I've got to make this quick because I spent a lot of time on that other stuff, and I'm still on, like, page one half, and i got two and a half pages to go. So there I am in Zimbabwe, and it had not rained uh, in a couple years, okay? Long story short, it did rain the night that we were setting up our camp, and, uh, but... Rivers were dry, streams were dry, lakes were almost dry, and so water was very, very, very rare, okay? We are camped out on out in the bush out there for a week and a half, sleeping in my tent, the one that messed up on me the other day, and, uh, but we need, we need water. There's 11 of us, and it's very hot, and there's no way to get out of it because there's no air conditioning because there's no electricity, no fans or anything. So we had to stay hydrated. So I get up the next morning after it rained just a little bit, and you could hear the animals walking through the camp because they would put a bell on the cow, they would put a bell on the donkey and kind of keep track of where their animal is and also scare the predators away because they don't like the bell ringing. But it kept you up all night while you're listening to bells all around your camp, and you're saying, I wonder what that is, you know. <laughs> well, wherever animals walk, they leave a trail. I'm not talking about footprints. We're, set, we're camped out on solid rock, but there are little, little indentations in the rock all over the place, so when it did rain a little bit, there's water in there. I got up the next morning with my canteen kind of thing, and it's, it's, called, it's, called a life, it's called a life straw, where it has a filter on the inside of it that will, that will destroy or, or get rid of 99.9% .9 of the impurities in the water. Yeah, Joe Biden said that. No, it was, it was, it was, that's how it's advertised. It's called the life straw. So you can just dip it in the water and drink it, and you're fine, okay? Well, I'm standing there with my thing holding it, and I said, I know what this thing, what this thing says. But I, when I got up this morning, I saw that animal walk through that water. And I know what the other animals left that's in that water. And I know what that animal did while it was standing in the water. test it out if you want to, but we're out in the bush. No hospitals, no doctors, no nothing for miles and miles and miles, and, the, and all the doctors were on strike. So if you get sick, you're on your own. Get your Pepto-Bismol out, just drink it. A little impurity in the water makes the whole water, all the water rotten. You don't trust it. So a little leaven, leaveneth the whole lump. In, in Matthew chapter number 16, you don't need to turn there. Matthew 16, there's a story of how they, 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 they went out, uh, Jesus and the disciples were out there, and the disciples fi figured out that they had forgot bread. They didn't have any bread with them. 
And so Jesus taught them some things about that, but in verse number 12, he said, he said they then understood they, well, what, what he did, he said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And they didn't understand what he was talking about. They thought he was rebuking them because they didn't bring any bread. But that's not what he was teaching them. In verse number 12, it says, Then understood they how that he bade them not beware of the leaven of bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Why? Because a little untruth makes the whole thing not trustworthy. That's why you've got to have the same words. Don't change the words of the Bible. Okay? Makes sense, doesn't it? There you are standing with a life straw of... of Look and, and you know, little leaven. Okay, if I if I had this water right here and I put one drop of poison, one drop, and I'd say drink it. Well, if you're a Jim Jones follower, you'd do it. I mentioned that the other night. I'm sorry. It can be a five-gallon thing of water one drop of arsenic in there, I ain't drinking it. I am not drinking it. So Jesus said, beware of the doctrine of the Pharisees and Sadducees because they changed the truth a little bit. They te their doctrine is not pure and, and a little leaven, leaven at the whole lump. That's, that's just page number one. Page two and three go a little quicker. Truth, in order to be truth, must be absolute. It cannot be diminished in any way at all. Why? Because a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. When the Bible says God is holy, he is absolutely holy. He is totally holy. He is 100% holy. The Bible says there is no there is no darkness in him at all. God is God is light and in him is no darkness. And if we say that we're followers of him and we dabble with darkness, we make him a liar. A little leaven, leaven with a whole lump. Brother man, what does the Bible mean when it says this? What does the Bible mean when it says this? What does the Bible mean when it says this? There are not two and three and four and five different interpretations. Truth is always truth. You might be able to make different applications. Okay. But the Bible says what it says, and it means what it says, and God doesn't change his mind. Jesus, God is righteous, totally righteous, 100% righteous. There's no darkness in him all. He is totally purity, and he is totally truth. And Jesus said, I am the way, the what? Truth. There's totally only one way to heaven. That is absolute. There's totally only one truth. That is absolute. There's totally only one life. That is absolute. No man cometh unto the Father but, the, but by me. That is total absolute. That is total truth. You cannot change it. What's his name? Norman Vincent Peale years ago used to be, before he died, he was a very famous so-called so Christian. He was on a show one day that I would watch every now and then just to get mad. It was called the Phil Donahue Show. Phil Donahue was just a flaming liberal. Just a flaming liberal, okay? And this Christian man that everybody revered, he got up there and, and he said, I've seen all the religions of the world and there are many ways to God. And this flaming liberal said, but, but Mr. Peel, doesn't the Bible say, I am the way, the truth, and the, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me? He quoted the truth to him. I've seen the Buddhists. I've seen the Hindus. One day, as we're getting ready to baptize people in a river in India, I saw these people setting up palm trees. I mean, not fake ones, real ones. I mean... Not like these things, real ones, you know, six, seven, eight feet tall. They, they went out, cut them down, brought them along the riverside, 
and they set them up. And then they decorated them. So I asked the man that I was with who was going to do the uh, baptizing of the six or seven people that, that morning or that afternoon. I said, what are these people doing? He said, they're Hindus. And they're going to have a, a, a celebration of the palm tree God. I asked a lady one time on the, on the plane, I asked permission of her husband to talk with her because he's right beside me and, and you don't want to offend them and all that kind of thing. So I got permission. Can I talk, kind of talk to your wife? Yes. I said, are you Hindu? She said, yes. I said, how many gods do you have? She said, there are over 3,000 gods. Every day that I was in India, every day, I was in, east, in the eastern part of India, the Hindus were having another service, another celebration every day. And it wasn't just a little thing. It would last all day. I mean, all day. And as they're, as they're celebrating the palm tree god, it, it lasted all night. Because the river that we baptized in was like, like less than a half a block away from where I was staying, and you could hear the music all night long. I got up the next day and we're going to get into a vehicle and go out into the jungle up towards Nepal and uh, go out into a village out there. So we drove as far as we could and then, and then went the rest of the way by foot and what have you. And we got out there and, uh, you know, there, there's, some, there's some people out there. But, you know, but that, that night I heard all this singing. And I, but on the way out there, brother, I saw all these dead palm trees everywhere. They killed their God. I've seen all the religions of the world. I've been there. One of the most eerie sounds I've ever heard is at 7 o'clock at night in a Muslim area where the men go up in the tower, a man goes up in the tower, and he, and he sings this, this thing. I'm, I'm going to get it for you. He sings this thing calling the, calling the men, the, the Muslim men, to, to prayer. So there I am there in India, and I'm listening to a Christian man preaching. It's 7 o'clock. I'm listening to a Christian man preaching. I'm, I hear the Hindus celebrating another one of their gods. And then I hear the man up in the tower calling the men to prayer. It was the eeriest sound I have ever heard in my life. And it was very spooky because there I am on the other side of the world. I'm exhausted. And from getting up at 4 o'clock in the morning, traveling up in the mountains to preach, coming back down to an orphanage, and then getting back to the Bible conference where we were. And, and yeah, your dad, dad, dad was there. And, and then, uh, you know, there it is, and, and it's nighttime, and I'm at 7 o'clock at night, I'm exhausted. We got we to gotta be at the train station at 2 o'clock in the morning to ride one of those famous India trains where people hang off on the side and everything. We didn't hang off the side. I told him, I said, I'll go, but it's got to be an air-conditioned sleeper. So anyway, I'm, I'm an American, y'all. So let me, let me do this. I want you to, can you turn this back on, Brother Jeremy? No? Okay. Listen carefully. are even affected, have even been affected by worldly music. They carry portable temples around and they'll burn incense and all this stuff and it'll be on the, on the street block there. And, and I'm almost done. And <laughs> instead of the usual sitar kind of Hindu kind of music, it was their words set to rap music. 
and the young men were doing the body bang thing where they jump up in the air and bump into each other and all this stuff. That, that's, that, I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy stuff. I've seen all the religions out there. You've seen them around here. There's not many truths. There's one. There's not many faiths. The Bible says in Ephesians there's one faith. There's one baptism. There's one, there's one body. There, there's one Lord. There's one God. There's, it doesn't say this, but there is only one plan of salvation. Well, Jesus said that himself. I'm sorry. No man. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. It's a very narrow way. There's only one door. There's only one way to heaven. Not many. One. One way. You can't work yourself to heaven. It's by faith in Christ. Trusting in his shed blood and death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is absolutely, there's absolutely no other way to the Father. The question is always asked in, in the world out here today is what is truth? In today's society, the answer is this truth is whatever is truth for you. So just pick a topic, any topic. And this person has this truth, and this person has this truth. I go back to the same problem. Either this person is right and this one's wrong, or this one's right and this one's wrong, or probably both of them are wrong. Truth is truth. It is absolute. You know, in our in our um, in our church uh, doctrinal statements. It'll say something about the, about the Bible, and it'll it'll say something like, "We believe the Bible is the Word of God without admixture of error." I looked up the word "admixture," and and admixture means something that is mixed with something else, typically as a minor ingredient, a little leaven, leaveneth the whole lump. What you believe is primarily what you hear is primarily important. What you teach is primarily important. And what, you, and what we preach is primarily important. It must be absolute truth. Turn to Ephesians and I'm done. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter number 4. I hope you understand that you are in a church that is very diligent about preaching and teaching the absolute truth. And I hope you don't take it for granted because churches are changing. Christianity is changing. What people used to believe, Brother Carson's, they don't believe anymore. They've turned from the truth, not to fables necessarily, but they've turned from truth to the flesh. And the enemy of the enemy of our soul is is the world, the flesh, and the devil. The world, the flesh, and the devil. Ephesians chapter number four, one of my favorite chapters, because this is one of the three places I might have to use my light here in a minute. <laughs> Little flash. And Ephesians chapter 4 is one of my favorite sets of verses in here because this is one of the three places that talks about an evangelist. So if you go to verse number 8, it says, Wherefore, I'm sorry, verse number 7. <clears throat> Let's go back to verse 1. There, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that, that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called, with all loneliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the what? Unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Okay, what, what is this unity of the Spirit all about? There is one body and one Spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore, he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Verses 9 and 10 is part of the Bible, but it's a parenthetical phrase. 
which means you can actually go from verse number 8 and go down to verse number 11. Okay? So let me do that. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Verse 11. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Why? For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, and for the edifying of the body of Christ. Okay? So, God gave, when Jesus sent up on high, he gave gifts unto men. What were those gifts? Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And he gave us for the same reason. He gave us for the perfecting of the saints. He gave us for the work of the ministry. And he gave us for the edification of the body of Christ. Amen. It used to be taught that he would, he, they're, they're given for the perfecting of the saints so they will do the work of the ministry. But if you diagram that sentence correctly, fellas, that's not what it says. Oh, my. Want to bring English into this? I'm almost done. Visitors, please, please be patient with me just a little bit. I had a lady who's very, 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 very knowledgeable about the English language, and I asked her, I said, could you diagram for that, that for me? And she said she would. Mrs. Tutton. And she diagrammed for that for me, and come to find out I was right all along, which I'm always right anyways. <laughs> because they said, you know, we're given for the work of the ministry, for the, for the perfecting of the saints, so they will do the work of the ministry. Now, you need to be involved. You need to give. You need to tithe. Participate. Teach when you can. When, when he asks you to teach, be, be involved in soul winning. Come to the services. Invite people to come to church. Be a deacon. Be an usher. Be all these things. And brother Usher has been an usher all of his life. How long was your wife an usher? Anyway, thirty-seven years. Okay. I was eating with a guy one time. His last name was Sober. He looked at me. We're eating together with him, Brother Carsons, and he said, my wife's been sober for 40 years. It was her last name. So my wife looked at me, and she goes, oh, no. I said, well, is that right? My wife's been a, my wife's been a man. She used to be a skag, but anyway. That was, her, that was her maiden name, Skaggs, okay? You know, like Ricky, but anyway. I have no idea who he is. I heard, here's, he's an evangelist out of somewhere, but anyway. So he gave apostles, the prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. For what? For the perfecting of the saints. So I come into a church and I help the pastor in the perfecting of the saints. I come into a church and I help the pastor in the work of the ministry. I was here soul winning yesterday. We had uh, Brother... We had two people saved yesterday, had four people signed up to come to church. They didn't come. But anyway, I don't think. Um, but we're given for the perfecting of the saints. I, I help in the work of the ministry, and I help in the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come, verse 13, in the what? The unity of the faith. Why? Because there's one faith. One faith. One truth. It's impossible for truth to be two because then it's not truth. And if you put just a little bit of untruth in there, it's an admixture. It's a little leaven that leaveneth the whole lump, makes the whole thing rotten. And just like you would not drink that water, just like I would not drink that water out of that little pool, because it's got a little impurities in it. Nope, I ain't doing it. <laughs> but God met our needs as far as water is concerned, and it was pure water as well. We have it right now. King James Bible for the English-speaking people. Not the ESV. Because it's got leaven. Not the RSV. Because it has leaven. 
not the new King James Bible. They changed it. I've been preaching for 48, almost 49 years. I, I've seen I've seen what happens. Thank God you have a Bible that has the truth, the whole truth, and nothing 